As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Star Wars 7x7 episode 1191 today. For your consideration, a brief history of all the times the Millennium Falcon has been boarded in the Star Wars franchise. Punch it, Chewie. Hello, everybody. I'm Greg Proops. You may know me as Fode from The Phantom Menace. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. I love you, Alan. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and something that came up during the podcast yesterday, oh yes, I know exactly what it was, made me think about all the times the Falcon has been boarded. It was kind of a similar thought to all the times that Luke Skywalker's lightsaber is handled by other people, and I did a podcast about that uh, maybe a couple of years ago, good heavens. So here's what it was that set me off yesterday. It was the shot that Ron Howard shared from his director's monitor on the filming of the Han Solo movie or the reshoots for the Han Solo movie where it looked like it was somebody that was not Han Solo and not Chewbacca that was running through the insides of the Millennium Falcon. And maybe that doesn't officially count as the Falcon being boarded, so... Let me at least set from the outset what I mean by that. I basically mean somebody who doesn't belong on the Falcon being on the Falcon and doing so in a manner that is not with permission. And it put me back in mind of the conversation that Han and Greedo had in the original Star Wars where Greedo taunts him about dropping his cargo at the first sign of an Imperial ship and Han says, even I get boarded sometimes, right? So it turns out that in three of the four movies in which the Falcon appears, the Falcon is boarded either on or off screen. So I'm going to give you a moment to try and figure out which of the four movies it is not boarded. But <laughs> while you're waiting or while you're thinking about that, we'll talk about the initial boarding, which of course happens in the original Star Wars. So I'm taking you one off the list which is when it's on the Death Star and the scanning crew goes aboard. And, of course, the Imperial Stormtroopers go aboard to search it, too. But then the scanning crew goes aboard and they are neatly disposed of naturally. But that is the first instance that we actually see of the Falcon getting boarded. And, in fact, it's also the only instance that we actually see of the Falcon getting boarded. The next time it happens is a time that we don't see it happen, but we know that it happens. It's in The Empire Strikes Back, and Darth Vader asks Admiral Piet if his people deactivated the hyperdrive on the Millennium Falcon. The only way they could have done that is if they had gone onto the ship 
and actually deactivated it. So we know that the Falcon was boarded, even though it was done without any of our heroes' knowledge. And that, of course, does beg the question, how does the Cloud City Central computer know that the Falcon's hyperdrive was deactivated? Why would that have been registered in it when it was the Imperials that were doing it, and the Imperials would have had no reason to inform the Cloud City Central computer that the hyperdrive was being deactivated in the Falcon? I think that's kind of interesting. And it's never occurred to me that that's a bit of a plot hole, right? This is another situation where Larry Kasdan talks about how a script moves really fast and because it's moving really fast you can get away with stuff like that because yeah that shouldn't have happened right and then we get to the third movie in which the falcon appears return of the jedi and yes this is the one in which the falcon is not boarded for any reason so there you go that's the answer return of the jedi is the only movie in which the falcon is not boarded for any reason by hostile parties now you could technically make that argument about The Force Awakens because we do not actually see the Falcon boarded in the movie itself. However, there are two things to consider about this. First of all is the fact that in the deleted scenes, there is a scene, and this is included you know, with the DVD and all that stuff, or the uh, digital edition, whatever you like to watch. <laughs> it actually has a scene where Kylo Ren and a couple of snowtroopers are on the Falcon going to investigate just what the heck Dad ship is suddenly doing on Starkiller Base. So that does happen. And then, of course, there are references to the fact that the ship has been boarded multiple times because, of course, it passed hands from Duquesne to the Irving boys to Unkar Plett. And Unkar has been on there making modifications and whatnot, so clearly this thing has been boarded quite a lot since the last time we saw it 30 years prior. And, and we already know, yes, we already know that the Millennium Falcon gets boarded in The Last Jedi. It's true, even though the movie hasn't come out yet, the still photos that have been shared from the various reveals, and I believe it was in Entertainment Weekly where this one came up, uh, have shown that Porgs board the Falcon. Yes, there is a Porg boarding party that has invaded the Millennium Falcon. They do seem to get everywhere, and they are on the Falcon as well. So now it just remains to be seen whether the shot that Ron Howard shared from the reshoots on the untitled Han Solo movie, whether those are in fact shots of the Falcon being boarded by hostile parties as well. If that's the case, then that would make technically, what, let's do the math, five out of six movies in which the Falcon appears that it's boarded by people or creatures that shouldn't be on there. Yep, that's the right math. Yeah. So, yeah, just one of those things that when I started thinking about it, it was like, hmm, how strange. It has been boarded quite often. So there you go. A brief history of the boardings of the Millennium Falcon. Now, hang on while I take a quick break, and then I share with you the big surprise that came out of New York Comic Con happening now. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. The Last Jedi is coming out in theaters in December, and so it's time for you to brush up on your knowledge of The Force Awakens. Luckily, I've got the thing for you. It's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. It's available on Amazon right now. Just go to sw7x7.com TFA to get right there. And inside, you'll find more than 501 galaxy-spanning questions and answers about The Force Awakens. Again, it's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book, sw7x7.com slash TFA. Welcome back. So New York Comic Con is not generally known for having big news or big reveals or anything like that. And I'm not going to say that it was anything quote unquote big 
per se that came out of New York Comic Con this time, but it's happening right now. And if you are in near New York and you have time to kill and you can get a ticket, then you might want to hot foot it up there because there is a Last Jedi costumes and props exhibit and there is new stuff there. And if you want to get a preview of that exhibit, you can check out StarWars.com's gallery, which includes a First Order TIE Fighter pilot's uniform, the Resistance pilot's uniform, a model for the TIE Silencer and for the Resistance bomber, as well as a Resistance Cruiser Bridge Guard Blaster Rifle, so the guards on the bridge of whatever the Resistance Cruiser is, uh, the Rattus, I believe it is, um, a First Order Stormtrooper Blaster Rifle, uh, Finn's backpack with a Resistance Blaster in it, um, helmets for First Order Stormtroopers and Flame Troopers and Praetorian Guards, as well as Kylo Ren's helmet and lightsaber, and, and a better look at the new weapons for the elite Praetorian Guard, including a long axe and an electro chain whip. So if you were wondering what those things were and how they worked, well, now we know a little something more about them. And in tomorrow's episode, I'm going to be digging into all of the descriptions of all of the costumes and props that were shared at New York Comic Con, and we'll see what we learn that's brand new about The Last Jedi. Until then... I just want to say, hey, thank you so much for listening, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you stow away on a Trade Federation landing craft, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And please support the podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a short negotiation, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.